You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smartest Guys in Marketing podcast, the best podcast on planet Earth, where you get the truth, even if you don't want it, where we're just making a rain day in and day out, even if you don't want it. Chris Evans here with my business partner, Taylor Welch, recent father. How's that going, dude? What? Fatherhood. Bro, it's the best feeling of all time. Why is my phone not going on silence? My God. Dude, okay, sorry. Fatherhood is amazing. Bro, let me tell you. It's the agenda. Let me me tell you a story, children. Let me tell you a story about children. So, Kate is the most wonderful thing that has ever happened to our family. It's amazing. And uh, we realized, wait, what? Besides me. Besides Chris. She's second place. (laughs) But I've realized that even something beautiful, this is a principle Uh for you. Even something beautiful and wonderful and as amazing as childhood is, if you don't have the right perspective, can really drain your energy. So yesterday, Chris actually sent me home early. Can we tell the story? Yesterday, I showed up to work and I'm like, turnt AF, dude. Turnt. Like, it happens to the best of us. I'm like, I'm about to like kill everyone. Chris is like, have you thought about going home early? And I'm like, dude, get, be- get behind me, Satan, devil. He's like, now you need to go home early. So I go home and I get the first like two to three hours by myself since Kate was born. It's like two months, dude. And I texted Chris and I was like, dude, this is amazing. I just solved all my problems. I figured out why I'm so messed up as a human. And he's like, you need to do it more often. I'm like, how? Chris has 17 kids. I'm like, teach me. You're, you're like old dad smart. 17 kids, like, five wives. <laughs> he's kidding. like, here's, here's how you do it. You schedule it during the week. I'm like, dude, something so simple. That's the power of mentorship, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Blew my mind. Anyways, what do you want to talk about today? Surely yeah, you're, you're not wanting so to much. There's so much going on. There's so much to talk about. We are moving at breakneck speed. Look, this is what's playing in the offices right now. Moves like an ape, looks like a man. This is a Tarzan soundtrack. <laughs> We're obsessed with gorillas here in uh, Nashville offices. I'm not sure it's a healthy obsession. Oh, it's healthy. Have they seen the gorilla? Do you have it handy? No, it's over on Lexi's desk because Lexi dethroned to Josh and she's on the top right, of the list for the it. week. Tell him about it. So we have a big golden gorilla in the offices. And if you're the lead specialist, meaning if you have the most sales for the week, you get to put this on your desk as a sign of superiority. And uh, Josh has been at the top of the pack for a little bit. Today, Lexi won. And every Wednesday, whoever's the lead, we take the gorilla off of your desk and we take it to the leader's desk and you don't get it no more. You don't get that gorilla no more. It's pretty yeah, that thing is like, it's not a trinket either. It's like when I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that thing's like, <laughs> like 200 pounds. It's, it's big. Yeah. It's really amazing. Big. Dude. It's pretty awesome. It is awesome. Right. Lead us away in, in this show. All right, dude. So, you know, we were going back and forth and I don't know how you feel about this. We're going back and forth about this guy who's got a Bugatti and the price of his oil change. And I listened to this podcast the other day uh, about this, the story of this guy. His name's Manny, a successful immigrant from Iran. 
uh, who has, I'm, I love cars. Taylor obviously loves cars, even though he buys cars now that kill the planet. But, wow. but no, like, so his, the oil change for Bugatti is how much? $24,000. $24,000. And I was thinking about that, you know, to most people, that is just astronomical. That is unbelievable. It's insane. But I was like, you know what? It's crazy what his normal is now compared to the majority of society. And I think one of the things for us is our normal is always changing. Dude, I'm under contract on the lake house. It's million seven, dollar seven figure purchase. House. Yeah. I made that decision 10 minutes before dude, that probably would have been days, if not weeks. And I'd get the cold sweats and probably break out in hives because it's like, well, that's huge. But now it's like, it's not, it's not huge. And I think if people want awesome things for themselves, for the, for their families, for their business, they have to start tweaking and adjusting their normal. Right. And for example, the lake house, right. You just invested into the Porsche. Like we're always, always growing our normal. I'm also buying houses. I'm just not buying them for pleasure. I'm buying them as investment vehicles because I haven't quite figured out how to have fun. Yeah. I'm still, I'm, I'm early in my, in my journey. You know, you have some years on me. That, that's good. Can, can we talk about how to do this? Because it sounds really good. And I think the problem with most self-help and educational people today is they, um, they know the right things to do. They know the what to do, but they don't know how to do them. And they're not yes. teaching how to do them. So let's talk about that for a minute. We've talked about normalization for a long time, but I've, I've been studying this since I discovered normalization. You probably remember the day that we started talking yep. about normalization I do. years ago. I was in Memphis. I hadn't even moved to Nashville yet. And this is something that I have gotten really deep into. There's, there's a phrase called domesticated evolution. Mm. Domesticated evolution. You know, there's, uh, we have to teach on this all the time because our salespeople, they have the, the very difficult job of having to normalize quickly. They will come in, and I just talked with Josh actually this morning about this. They come in and they're poor. And they go from not having enough to $70,000 in their bank account and they don't know what to do with it. And you might listen and hear that and be like, tough life, bless your heart. I feel so sorry for you. But it is a challenge because it breaks your brain the way that you've mm-hmm. always lived. So domesticated evolution, let me tell you what domesticated evolution is. I just reading about it this morning. It's the process of purposefully structuring your environment to yield specific artificially selected traits. Mm. It's basic it's the process that you go back before normalization to actually create what you want. So evolution, long-term macro evolution is the process of, you know, you have, uh, we talked about this in a, in a Mindset Monday one time. There was the groups on the planet, the people groups on the planet who had a lot of predatory snakes in their habitat or their environment developed better eyesight. This is macro evolution. This is the process of you developing certain traits. Dude, domesticated evolution is a process of stacking your environment so that your new normal mm-hmm always gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's an environment. We've been talking about environment yes. forever, but there's real science that backs this up. So when Chris is like, man, I just bought a lake house. How many of you know that he's going to make more money because of that lake house because of domesticated evolution? It's the scientific process of putting specific things in your life that enhance artificially selected traits. It's a scientific way for you smart people out there of saying you got to normalize. You got to take the ceiling and make it your new floor over and over and over. Anyways, it's going off a little, we'll go a little bit deeper on that. A ceiling making your floor. I mean, dude, case in point, back in the day, us having a $100,000 a month was our ceiling. Man, if we could just get there, if we could reach and reach and stretch and push, 
And worst case scenario now is we do 200,000 in a week. That's our floor. So we're talking about the process. This is like so crucial in making sure that wherever you are, you don't just stay there and like chill out and smell those flowers. As you climb the ladder, you have to get hungrier. The people at the top are hungrier than the people at the bottom. No doubt about it. Yeah, this is, I think, really important because I think as you continue to expand and, for example, when we we hit our first $100,000 a month, what happened at that point? We actually, we crossed that line. We accomplished that. So what happens is there's a, a thing in you when you normalize that and you have that new floor is your confidence and your belief. So when you see the history of successful people who they've lost everything multiple times, how is it possible for them to rebound and surpass their previous level of success? It comes down to their confidence and their belief because they've done it before, right? So if you're not expanding, if you are not getting higher levels of normal, then you are in danger, right? You stagnate. And what happens when you stagnate? You don't grow. You You lose confidence and you die. So a lot of people are like, they've asked me in the past, even when I didn't have anything, I've always been pushing forward. And my, my path to, to success and what we've accomplished has been way longer than Taylor's. You know, I was really, really ignorant and stupid because I decided to endure all the pain myself and try to figure it out all on my own versus getting someone who knew the shortcut to get me there quicker. And I know people who are listening to this right now are doing the same thing. I had someone send me a message the other day, Chris, I'm really, uh, man, really eyeing the uh, ads workshop. Like I'm really tempted on that. I'm just, my mind is blown. It's $49. I just, someone who thinks like that, I'm so concerned for them, right? Because if you can't make the decision to invest in $49 for your business yourself, wow, you are in danger, right? So if you're not expanding, if, if you're not getting new levels of normal, my friend, you are in danger because there's variables that always come into the equation, right? There's things that always happen, economy, people, you know, whatever. Things always happen. If you're not always expanding, taking new territory and having to face resistance and making that practice, you are in danger of being taken out. I think with that one person, that example, we have to, as a whole society, reframe how we define losing. Because really, man, like when somebody is so analytically wired to where it's like they just think and think and think and think and think forever on things. You know, you have to understand that, that there is either a return or a penalty that you're paying on every decision that you make. And people don't usually lose because they just make too many of the wrong decisions. That's not how it works. Yep. People lose because they take so much time making decisions that they, don't, they run out of time to recover. So if you are looking at uh, Steph Curry or freaking KD or Thompson or any, you know, Kyrie, and, and you're looking at these world-renowned basketball players, and they can only take one shot per game. Think of the pressure that has to yep. go into that shot. It's like if you lose that shot, man, it's over because you, you, took, you took your one shot with 0.37 seconds left on the clock. You don't have time yep. to shoot another. This is why you see them make shot after shot after shot. The, the problem is not that people are making the wrong decisions. That's not where the penalty comes from. Really, the penalty comes from they're not making any decisions or they take too long to make decisions that the time clock runs out and they can't recover from that. And I think as a society, we have to reframe losing. Losing is not making a decision and it not working out. Losing is sitting there for your whole freaking life, pondering, wishing, dreaming, but never doing anything. 
successful people, we make decisions after decision after decision. We just keep going because it's shots. We're not going to make all of them, but we're going to make a good percentage of them and win the game that way. You know what I mean? I think that this, this person talking to you is like, so it's, just, it's not bad for us. It's bad for him because he's not going to take any shots. And if he doesn't make it, he's screwed. It's so good. And then the decisions that you do, you do make, they're like these massive mounts. Huge. Yes. So you, you know, you put all your chips in, that's it. And oh my God, if it doesn't work out, it's over. Yeah. I could lose everything. And that's the mentality that people have that really they don't accomplish much versus the successful people, man, they just keep pushing forward. They just keep making decisions. And the decisions that we make at this point are so big, dude. And I think comparatively to the people around us, and that's why we continue to, to chase and pursue people who are constantly making bigger decisions with more risk and more things at stake, you know, because that's a, that's a new level. That's a new normal for us to attain and just continue to grow and build those muscles because then it just becomes natural. I do where we're operating now. It's natural. It's like day to day, the decisions, the responsibility, all the people that we have on our team, the amount of people that we're hiring. Like all the decisions that we have to make to the majority of people, I think would make them sick because they're not in the game. They're not on the court. They're not taking the shots. So you guys have to expand. You have to get the new normal. Hey, we're working on getting uh, the studio in Nashville set up and we're kind of, we're duplicating it in Charlotte, North Carolina as well. And we're probably going to turn this, convert this show into a call-in show. So you kind of, you can call and we'll talk about marketing questions and problems and talk. You want to know what we're doing in real estate, want to know what we're doing and our sales stuff. Malachi says, what do we need to know that we're not educated enough yet to ask? Man, I have no idea because I don't know what you want. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, I I think all the time that's going to come down to where you're going. The majority of people do, they have no idea what they want. So they don't know where they're going. So they don't know the questions to ask. I will tell you this. That's my quick, my quick answer. I will tell you this. If I got into, you know, so our, our net worth at this point is north of 20 million each. If you look in business valuations, it might be a little bit less now. I'm not sure what the valuation on TF would be. Let's just say, let's just say it's 12 million each. We're putting two and a half million dollars cash a year into the real estate market, which is about eight to ten million dollars in portfolio value. Already, like I feel like we're we're not by any means the most successful in the game, but we're climbing the mountain like everyone should be. And uh, I can tell you what, if I was sitting down talking to somebody whose net worth was 10 times what mine was, I would have freaking questions for them. I would want to know. I would have specific things I wanted them to talk about. So this is a challenge for you if you're listening to this live. Um, I mean, maybe Malachi, maybe your net worth is higher than that. I don't know. Jason, maybe you have a, a higher net worth than me. It's possible because there's a lot of people that we just don't know. Maybe you got $100 million in real estate. But I would take advantage of the fact that you got two guys who nobody else, I don't, who else is in our market who's actually doing, will get on the phone and talk about Q&A like this at the level that we're playing in TF and Sales Mentor and Wealth Gap. Take advantage or else you're just going to look back and be like, man, my insecurity cost me the ability to get access to somebody who can help me. So don't let me offend you. Well, actually, if you're offended by that, screw you. But let me push you and challenge you to take advantage of these times. Is that okay, Chris, you think? Yeah, I think it's good. I think that's really good coaching. Um, But one thing I want to just kind of highlight is just the thought of its pattern, right? How you think is really how you're going to take action. So what, you know, what you're going to do. So if the pattern is you're not asking questions that can move you forward, then you have to address that first, right? Yeah. It's going to come down to your belief level. Freaking agree, bro. Dude, that's all environment. That's getting around people who are killers, who are 
continually expanding. Um, and what you see is, you know, their growth, you know, that, that's something that I know for me, I'm always trying to surround myself with people who are just way better than me, not in just business, but in every area of life. And that pulls yeah. me. Like I get sucked into their momentum. And so that can be a positive or negative. So if you're around people who they don't have a high level of normal, they're not expanding, they're not pushing the limits, then guess what's going to happen? It's going to have an adverse effect on you. Yes. Dude, it probably comes down to ego. We got some questions here, which we can answer in a minute, Uh-oh. but it probably comes down to ego because a lot of people are like, well, man, other people are going to be watching this. And if they see me ask a question, they, they may think I don't have my whole life figured out. What in the mat? What's wrong with you? You know, I, I think back to like a few months ago, Sam was doing this thing in his group. And I got on there and I asked him a question. And Sam is one of our old mentors. And we're getting close. We're not quite, but we're getting close to the amount of revenue he's doing. But I don't care. He probably knows some stuff that I haven't thought about. And if we're being honest, vice versa. And he's the type of guy who would probably potentially do the same thing. So you got to think about this in terms of like, is your what is your ego preventing you from doing? Because you're worried about what people are going to think of you. 